The views, information or opinions expressed during the Journey podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and does not represent Wise Words Imaging or any other company. Wise Words Imaging is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy. Any of the information contained in the podcast series is available from the respective owner. Enjoy the show. Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say he's on a journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. Joining me today on the journey is an old friend of mine. I'm not saying she's old because she will (laughs) (laughs) But she is a friend that I've known for many years. She will explain how I'll know her when I introduce her. But welcome to the journey, Judith Kingdom. Hello, Judith. Thank you. Thank you, David. It's very nice to see you again and to be talking to you once more. Yeah, the last time I saw you, I think, was in Penzance. And that is starting the first question. How do you know me? And tell me about you. <laughs> okay. Um, well, David, I met you for the first time when we were both volunteer um, DJs uh, or radio presenters for um, Coast FM, uh, as it was formerly Penrith Community Radio, and uh, our paths crossed, and you were a, a great source of support for me as a a new volunteer with the radio station because you'd been there um, significantly longer than I had (laughs) and uh, you were were a great person to uh, ask for assistance especially when it came to you know managing the different tracks and the timings of news and uh, that's where you started your podcast experiences uh, so to get this invitation to speak with you and find out, you know, where you are uh, years later and also to share with you uh, my journey, I think is a privilege. Mm. Thank you, Judith. And now going back to you said about knowing me on the radio days, I remember your show was called Love, Life, Life and Laughter, if I remember rightly. And I remember the odd times where you couldn't make it. I had to sit in and cover for you many a times and I always learned from the outset when I did shows never to copy the actual show format but I seem to follow your format because it was a format that seemed appropriate at the time because obviously ways of being on broadcast it had to change with the times which we had to accept but your format was a light-hearted feel-good community show where you reached out to members of the public in the West Cornwall area of England and that is what I believe made a community radio station so unique don't you agree? Absolutely Uh, community is essential and we've certainly realised the value of community over the past year since the the Covid pandemic started um, uh, across the world and Penrith 
community radio now coast fm uh sought and seeks to support uh the development and strengthening of community and my role within that as you say was to deliver the um life love and laughter show which enabled me to bring on guests each week to share with the listeners what they were doing to make a difference to their community. Uh, So it gave uh, those people that joined me a voice to be heard and to share their their wisdom or their skills, their knowledge uh, with an audience and hopefully make a difference through doing that. And of course, as you know, peppered with some great songs, which were uplifting and meaningful to those that uh, were on my show and also to, uh, to inspire, motivate and support those who were listening. So I, I really enjoyed having the opportunity to, to be part of the radio team. And as you know, David, what I did on the show was just an extension of what I love and enjoy doing in everyday life. Yeah, and... That goes smartly on to the next question. You're a founder of the Star Shapers Limited, if I remember rightly. And I remember very well, the first year where we knew about you hosting an award ceremony, the whole of Penrith Community Radio, as it was then, was nominated because of what we did for the community. Now, I know... Some presenters are still there now, which I applaud and I support whatever they do. And I know some have gone on to better things by progressing in life. What made you start the Star Shapers Limited? Uh, that's that's a really good question. Um, Star Shapers uh, Limited is a personal development organisation that seeks to create caring, sharing and belonging. And my uh, motivation was to bring people together who have an interest in their personal growth uh, to participate in activities uh, in a a user-friendly way. So it's not formal training. uh, It's very much participant-led. And we would have a theme for each of our sessions to focus upon the ethos is self-care and the opportunity to nurture one another in a safe space to encourage overall well-being. What prompted me to start that goes way, way back. Uh, My formal training has been as a youth worker, as a counsellor, as a coach, as an adult education teacher, as an NLP practitioner. And at the heart of what I love and enjoy doing is bringing people together for the common purpose of self-discovery. So uh, the, the, my, my role started back in 1986 when I set up a self-help group for people with eating disorders. Now, I was only 22 at the time, and I had no experience of 
facilitating a group, yet I had a desire uh, and the motivation to set up the group, partly out of my own teenage experience of having challenges around food and body image, but also recognising that other people needed support in that area. So I was able to set up a self-help group and that, that first step on the rung of the ladder to helping work led me into volunteering with the probation service and then through that voluntary work working with the youth service with young people and it seems as though you know when, once we put one step forward towards our aspirations then doors can open for us and it happened to be when I was delivering some training uh, back in 2012 that I came in contact with one of your uh, one of the volunteer presenters with Penworth Community Radio who said to me have you thought about becoming a, a presenter on on the radio and I said well I hadn't uh, but I'm curious to know more and I think that curiosity is what's always led and guided me throughout my life. Uh, and I'm just, I'm waiting for my next adventure. <laughs> I agree. It's like when I moved to America, I never expected to actually make it to get to America because I'm openly uh, open about my disabilities and rareness now because my wife has told me to be more open about it. Don't be shouted by Iden behind that mask, be you. But I was afraid. When I first went to the immigration building in London, in, um, forgot where it is, but it's near Antwerp. But I went to the American Embassy and I saw that building. I actually was so nervous just looking at it because I thought, I can't do this. But I overcame that anxiety because I knew I could do it. Now, 10 years ago, if it was the same as me, I probably would have backed out. I probably would have ground off. I probably would have said, I can't do with it. But I overcame that because I've come a long way in my own journey. So I can understand your journey is an ongoing journey as well, which is remarkable. Now... Going on to what you said about the rewards, I was amazed to be, even though in the sense that it seemed how it was, I felt honoured to have that reward from the Star Shapers because I got recognised for me being me. Absolutely. And, and no doubt you probably will say everyone who was there on that day was there for their own reasons because they are being themselves. Absolutely, David. And the, the key factor, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's about recognition and visibility and being significant. And each person has a, a need, whether they're conscious of it or not, to be valued to feel significant and to 
to be visible, to be recognised by other people. Uh, and if we have that sense of being of value, then hopefully our, our sense of worth will be higher. And it, it ties in beautifully mm-hmm. with what, most, what motivated me back in 1986 to become involved in self-help work. Uh, and that is recognising that each one of us is capable of not having confidence, not having belief in ourselves, yet somewhere within us, there is that tendency to fight for our space, to believe that life could be different if we are experiencing anxiety or depression. There is a sense of that small voice within that perhaps will will question us and will make us think, well, maybe there is more to life for me than this. And that is what's motivated me to, to help other people. It's tapping into that question, what else could there be for me in my life? Uh, and helping people discover their voice and hopefully find their own teacher, which, yes, as I mentioned, you know, I am a teacher and I've taught many programs, both informal and formal, leading to qualifications. But the greatest teacher, in my opinion, is that teacher within ourselves. If we can have a healthy conversation within ourselves, develop the opportunity of questioning within ourselves and finding the answers um, that will come as a result of the question. Uh, As I once said to my young grandson, he has all the answers my job as his gran is to to ask the questions and help him to develop those questions for himself so that he can chart his own journey. Uh, So I I really like the way you've highlighted that we're ever-changing as individuals, where, as Carl Rogers would say, we're always becoming or in the state of becoming a person. And your story of 10 years ago, not uh, imagining that you would be doing now what you're doing 10 years later, I think is a great illustration of how we each have the capacity for evolution. Yeah, totally. It's like, I'll go back to the London scenario. I was nervous because the last time I went to London, I was there on the back, it ended badly. So I had to leave there to come back to Cornwall. But when I went up there, I did my interview and then I just randomly caught a bus, you know, one of these London buses. I forgot what route it was. I think it was number 12 and it was going Peckham and then going, and it's a Dulwich Library. Now I had family living in Dulwich when I was younger, my great nan and my, Nan, when she was alive, she lived in Dulwich. And 
I just caught this bus. I was talking to my wife and I said, I'm just going on a bus journey so you can see it London. She's like, okay, because we was always on FaceTime most of the time. And she enjoyed it. And I said to her when I was on the bus, I said, I feel like I have to get off because I knew where we were. Well, I knew where we were going, but I just didn't know where we were going. So I said, I'm getting off the bus now. So I pushed about to get off the bus. And I said, I'm going down this road. And she said, okay, why is that? I just want to go down this road. And I ended up going to where my great man lived. Now, the last time I went there was 1991. So... Two years ago, three, no, three years ago, should I say, because that's how long it was, two, three years ago. That's a big difference from 91 to 2019, And I was like, I found my way to my great aunt's house without even remembering. Mm. And, the emotion, and the emotion just kicked in because I realised I hadn't been there since. And I thought, wow. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, your intuition uh, maybe was guiding you, David, and perhaps your subconscious memory of the environment was calling you. Who knows what you've what you shared is, is a great it's a great story. And yeah. I think you and I both enjoy the benefit of hearing people's stories uh stories are a great way of learning uh so i've learned something about you through you sharing your story with me as you're you're learning a bit more about me through me sharing my stories with you and that's that's something i think we we as individuals we need to create the time and space for people Mm -hmm. to share their stories yeah because you interviewed me, I remember on the radio as well, talking about my life as it was back then. So this is like a progression where it's the other way around now. So I'm interviewing you and it's kind of weird because <laughs> it is that sort of scenario. But I wouldn't I, you know, I've interviewed people. Don't get me wrong. I've interviewed people and you know that. And I've now took a citizen journalism when I was in Cornwall just before I left so I've got the citizen journalism course behind me but I'm more confident about doing things like you see me now I know I've got a green screen behind me where it's looking like I'm in a big glamorous studio but, but the reality is I've overcome a lot of things and my experience and you probably would say the same as well my experience of me being part of the radio and being recognised for me being me without me saying, I want to be David with a big label saying, I want to be this. It's helped me progress to be the David I want to be. It's like, I, it's like I changed the local church here. And he said to me, the new pastor, because it, it was a new pastor last year, or yeah, last year. And he said, when he met me, he said, how do you want to be David with autism or David as David and I said I usually like to be known as David as David and he said fine I treat you as David as David so for the first time I'm being recognized as myself mm-hmm. absolutely and you know it's really great that he he asked you that question about how you how you wanted to be seen how you wanted to be valued and that you have the right to that. 
we we each have the the human right to be respected for for who we are as we perceive ourselves and what i like about what you're saying david is that you are david there is no label uh you are you there's only one of you there's only one of me uh we're unique and accepting who we are is a journey uh, yes. as as you've you've illustrated i'm here i'm sat in my kitchen uh drinking a cup of coffee so this is judith uh at home uh, yes. and i think the in the past year perhaps there's been greater stripping away of titles of illusions or images and people have been in a way um led or compelled to just be genuine to be real um one human being to another human being uh offering kind words or having a conversation like you and I are here now as one person to another that matters don't you think yeah totally it's like I've still got friends in Cornwall now and I spoke of them when I was in Cornwall when I knew you there's two elderly sisters I know who live in Camborne and I feel worried about them because I've known them since I was four years old and they gave me the blessing. They said, we're happy for you to go to America. But when I left, I felt like I was leaving behind a part of me that I didn't want to leave behind. But I'm in regular contact with them. I talk to them on the phone. Yes, they pretty much say the same thing at the moment, which is still locked down. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but it gives me hope every day to hear that they are okay. You know, they haven't caught COVID, luckily. They're keeping themselves to themselves, and that's what I like. Yeah, staying in touch, and perhaps the mediums like this, you know, conversing via Zoom has been a great opportunity of connecting and reconnecting. So various platforms are are helping people to stay connected, as you illustrate with um, uh, with your family and that sense of belonging again going back to our our work with community has seemed really important especially for those who have been isolated due to the the pandemic uh, and the lockdown measures that have been taken across the world it hasn't been an easy time for for those especially that live on their own uh, or those who are carers of um, those that they live with. So reaching out to offer support in whatever way possible has been, um, I think, really, really appreciated. Uh, and especially for those who have been working on the front line, who uh, have been exhausted, you know, through the efforts that they've been making to make sure that the rest of us have stayed safe, you know, their appreci- our appreciation of them has, uh, has really, really mattered um, at the darkest of times. Mm. So 
in in some senses, the changes that we've experienced over the past year, I think, has encouraged people to take stock of how they're relating to others, how they are being present in the world, how they're uh, being of service to others if they can possibly be, even if it's um, buying a tin or a packet of something and putting it in the, the food bank box at the local supermarket. Everybody is able to make a contribution, even if it's offering a smile or a, a thank you or, you know, you'll be okay, words of encouragement. Uh, that's what I'm taking from this uh, strange year that we've, we've been in. Uh, mm. The opportunity to ask myself, how am I contributing? How am I being of service? Uh, and am I making a difference? And yeah. what I what I do uh, voluntarily, because I'm not able to meet with uh, my groups of people for Star Shapers self care experiences, I've been offering a, a weekly uh, meeting voluntarily, and we we have a theme that we focus on. And a group of us get together and it's my way of making that contribution and still inspiring others to, to look after themselves. And how do you feel your friends and your bubble as I always coped with this, the pandemic? Do you think they are gaining strength from just reaching out to you and being inspired or is it you can tell there's a strain? Uh the, the feedback that I've had, David, is that they've really appreciated and welcomed the regular contact and the, the, those that join, they may not join every week, but they certainly dip their toe in um, at least every month. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a changing group and some of those members live on their own. Some have health conditions. Some are maybe a single parent with children at home and schooling the children at home. They've really valued the opportunity, not just to connect with me, but to connect with each other. And that's what I love and enjoy witnessing the value that everybody makes in sharing their stories, sharing some top tips or words of encouragement or condolence and how they bounce off one another. So I see myself as the person that holds the space, offers the theme and facilitates the conversation and keeps the threads. Yet each one of us there has something special to offer and share to the others. Uh, and it, it, it works magically. Uh, I, I just, I'm open to the experience and I'm always surprised with what emerges. So um, you've, the Star Shapers, I believe, has got a website, hasn't it? Yes, it so, has. So if, 
So if anyone wanted to look at it, what would it be like and what is the website? Okay, uh, well, if they wanted to look at it, it's starshapers.co.uk. Uh, what will they find? They'll find an outdated website uh, because my skill is uh, still to be developed in terms of web management. However, if anybody wished to contact me directly, probably the best route would be um, my email address, Judith Kingdon, K-I-N-G-D-O-N for November at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to uh, respond to an email. I'm also on uh, Facebook, uh, Judith Kingdon. And as you know, I'm also on LinkedIn. So there, there are various ways to, to message me. Okay, to the last question, if you were to inspire people now with the pandemic slowly easing in the UK or wherever we are listening to this to or watching it, what inspiration would you give to people as all well now? I would ask them to ask themselves what lessons have I learned over the past year? So that's question number one. Second question, what would I like for myself in the year ahead? That's question number two. And question number three would be, how can I take what I've learned and apply it to my future? Question number three. Excellent questions. And Judith, as you know, I like even what you do. I like your story. I like your journey. I like how you've come from where I've known you to be to where you are now, which is pretty much the same road. You haven't deviated along that way. You've been uniquely you always. Carry on being inspiring the star shapers. And no doubt we will contact each other sometime down the line where I'll be saying I'm now grey like you. And <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I've got is my beard. You've like, never seen me with a beard. The only time I've seen it long is with a beard. But, I've left go. <laughs> but Judith, thank you. Oh, and thank you. Thank you. That was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett, produced by Melissa Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon. Hashtag share a wise word or two. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash share a wise word or two.